Oh, man. Thanks for being here. Are you glad you're here? Man, I'm glad I'm here. I love these guys. Man, just so grateful to be led into worship and just sometimes even just hearing the name Jesus, it just kind of, whoo, it's overwhelming, isn't it? The name of Jesus. And we're right here Christmas Eve. Praise God. Everybody done? Who's got to do some shopping today? Raise your hand. In shame, raise your hand. Raise that hand in shame. No, just kidding. There's no shame here. Oh, wrapping. Wrapping's good enough, so. You know, we think about the Christmas season with all its festivity, all its charm, the gleaming, and it's just kind of an enchanting season, isn't it? And if we're not careful, Christmas can become an escape for us. Anybody find it? Now, it's a welcome escape for many of us, but still an escape because at its roots, and over the last several weeks, we've been talking about how Christmas really is, for a lot of people, just a time of tension. Yep, it's beautiful lights and trees. Look at that. I took that picture last weekend when I, my Carrie and I got to go to New York City. It's amazing what they do for decorations. That's in a neighborhood called Diker Heights. That's an actual picture I took right there. Isn't that beautiful? And man, that's amazing, right? It's lights and trees, but it's not just that, is it? How many of you want to volunteer to go to this house in a few days and help them take that down? Anybody? No. No. None of, leave it up year-round. Just leave it there. Because, you know, in a few days, that's what's going to have to happen. All of it's got to come down. And you got to find the boxes. And you got to make it fit in the boxes. And you got to carry it down the stairs to the basement. Praise God for basements in Iowa. I grew up in an area where we didn't have basements. It all had to go in the attic. You know, forget that. But we also look at Christmas. It's the giving and receiving of gifts. And isn't this lovely? Just, you know, yay, people showing. Does this happen to you guys? People show up at your door with gifts to give you. But that's not the end of the story either, is it? Because before this beautiful, lovely moment, we had shipping delays. We had items sold out or mall madness, you know, ripe for bumping and pushing and shoving. Not that you would do any of that. We are Jesus-like when we're in the stores, right? We mumble under our breath and, you know, think <laughs> ugly thoughts about people. But Christmas is also the food and families. How many of you are planning a dinner today? Maybe with family? Yep. It's going to be amazing. But we also know that that lovely, beautiful image there is just waiting for somebody to say something like, but let's talk about what's happening at the border. <laughs> or where do you stand on this war in Israel? Or next year is an election year. I mean, we're just waiting for this, everybody to weigh in on their expertise on geopolitical warfare. Or just to be fair, not that I have this, but anybody have an annoying in-law that you're just kind of like, oh man, not me, not mine. <laughs> Escape. We all want it. I mean, look at that scene right there. Isn't that beautiful? Liz found that graphic for our series that we've been in. Isn't that beautiful? Man, just breathe that in. We all want that escape, me included. Give me a nice fire in the fireplace. I'll take a nice cup of hot tea. Maybe you like coffee or hot chocolate, either way. Soft music playing in the background. I found a, was it Christmas cocktails and jazz album this year that has been just perfect for me to play many different times. You watch the lights at the tree. Bit of contention at the Clark House. Carrie loves the white lights. I like the multicolored, but that's okay. We have a tree that'll go back and forth. And I've taught Julian this year that when it goes to multicolored, we go, yay. And then when they flip to white, we go, boo. And he'll sit there. It's awesome. 
With that perfect image, though, of sipping that tea or coffee in the fire, front of the fireplace with the tree lights on, did I mention that the children are all nestled, all snug in their beds? Can I get an amen? amen. Take me away. The escape is fun, isn't it? But there's a problem with escapes, isn't it? They're not real. They don't last for long. And no matter how long we might be able to get away, even for a brief moment, reality is waiting for us when we return. And to be honest, sometimes it's just exhausting, just living life, isn't it? Why wouldn't it be? Worry, anxiety, fear, they wreak havoc on us emotionally. They wreak havoc on us physically. I mean, studies have been done that when you have anxiety or fear, your muscles contract, they tighten. It can lead to difficulty breathing, not to mention the gastrointestinal issues, memory loss, weakened immune systems. And let's not talk about those of us who, when those things happen, might go a little more often to the refrigerator and see some waistlines expand. Is there a way out of this? Is there any way that we can find peace. You know, I don't know about you, but Liz was reading the Christmas story. I do have to tell you, Noisy Christmas, you guys did an amazing job. I was back at the, I could hardly do the sounds. I was laughing so hard. It was amazing. You guys really jumped into that. And we're so grateful. But we read the Christmas story and you read those words. The angels pronounce what? Peace on earth. And we hear that, and we, we hear, oh, Jesus is coming, the Messiah. So it's the era of peace on earth, right? And Christmas and peace in the same sentence, for me, almost seems oxymoronic. Instead of peace, we see so many images that are the opposite of peace. You look at the world around us. Anybody had this thought recently, and you think, where is the peace? How is this possible? Did the angels not get the memo? Did they miss something? And if they did, how could they miss it so big? How could they get this so wrong? If there's supposed to be peace on earth, where is it? You don't need me to recount the headlines. You know them. Turn to social media. Don't do it. <laughs> we know where the peace is not. So when we think of Christmas and when we look around, we kind of maybe look for it there. But is that the only place? Did they miss it? When we think of Christmas, peace usually isn't where our minds go. Maybe it should be. If someone were to look at us and say, Jesus and his followers have been around for almost 2,000 years or over 2,000 years, this message of peace has been out there a long time. It's not working. Could we disagree? Probably not. Did the birth of Jesus mean the end of warfare, bloodshed, oppression, and injustice? Your eyes will tell you no. So that can't be the type of peace that's coming right then in that moment, was it? It is, but just hasn't happened yet. Well, then if it's not this external peace we're searching or feeling for, what about that internal peace? Maybe that's what we're talking about. The idea that since Jesus was born and the angels declared peace on earth, it must mean that me, I am not going to experience unrest, that I'm not going to experience inner turmoil in my own life. Is that anybody's experience? Not me either. As Christians, we can be our own worst enemies in this. We need, feel stress and tension and unrest in our souls, and we think to ourselves, but I know Jesus. I shouldn't feel this way. I'm not supposed to have these emotions. I'm supposed to be at peace all the time. Nothing should rock my boat. And there may be times we feel that way, but sometimes it doesn't. 
and we have that crisis that hits and we don't feel good and we get that medical diagnosis or the kids do something, you name it. But that peaceful, easy feeling that the eagles loved to sing about just isn't to be found, is it? And we're stuck wondering, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? Jesus came to bring peace, and I'm not finding it. If the coming of Jesus was meant to bring about peace, then what kind of peace is he talking about? If it's not political or international at this moment, if it's not the absence of of inner conflict within us, what is this peace that the Bible speaks of? What's left is what I would call the foundation of those two types of peace, the worldly peace and the peace within. There's another peace that has to come before those. And it's the peace that really Christ came to bring, and that is the most important kind of peace. You see, it's not just the peace between us, which is important, but it's not just the peace within me, which is important as well, but we're talking about the peace between God and humanity, the peace between you and God. You see, I think sometimes we want a shortcut We want to bypass some things. We want those other types of peace without the stuff with God. We want the end of war. We want love and harmony. We want to sit around in a circle and sing Kumbaya and, you know, I'd like to teach the world to sing and all that kind of stuff. We want the end of men being killed in the streets and the end of riots, the end of war. We want peace on earth, but we want it in our own way. And then that's where the problem rises up, isn't it? Because when we are forced to bring about peace, well, we've seen that in history, haven't we? It's peace through force. So I'm going to force you to be peaceful. But is forced peace really peace? Not really. What we're talking about here is a peace that we cannot have apart from God. The Apostle Paul talks about it. In Romans chapter 5, he says this. He says, Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. While we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. Reconciled. It's a beautiful word, isn't it? Where there was conflict, that conflict is now gone. Where there was war, raging, hostilities between humanity and God, there is now the potential for peace and reconciliation made possible through the birth, the life, the death, and resurrection of Jesus. That's the peace that the angels were singing about. That's why we hear it in that carol, Hark the herald angels sing, peace on earth, and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. It is understanding that what Christ has done for us and resting in that fact, knowing that we cannot get any more right with God than what Jesus has already done for us. You see, the problem for some is a denial for that conflict, a trying to look around it to say, no, 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 it's okay, I'm okay, I'm doing enough for God. But we can't miss the magnitude of what Paul is talking about, the peace, the reconciliation that needs to occur. That rift between us and God was huge. And again, it's not because God was this angry God going, you're a terrible person, get out of my sight. It's because we, humanity, have just constantly looked at God and said, we don't need you, we've got this. And yet time and time again, God has continued to come and pursue and prove himself over and over again in the climax of the story with the birth of of the child and the death and resurrection of Jesus. 
The potential for peace that wasn't there before is announced when the angels come. What was happening was the sin that separated us from God has been removed. And it was placed on Jesus himself. I love the words of the prophet Isaiah. Hundreds of years before. Being given a glimpse into the future. And he wrote these words. He says, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness that from that time on and forever, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. How does God do this? How does God bring peace and reconciliation through Christ? I was reading this week in one commentary, and the writer wrote this. It said, And yet, when the prophet Isaiah comes to the heart of how God will bring peace, a childlike face peers out at us. God is strong enough to overcome his enemies and bring peace by being vulnerable, transparent, and humble. Look at that. Isn't that beautiful? Of all the names, you get to the climactic name of Prince of Peace. And that's where peace begins. It starts with peace with God. It moves to peace within. And one day, there will be peace in the entire world. And this idea of peace isn't something that's just mentioned a few times. In fact, as Jesus gets close to the end of his ministry, he makes some comments to his disciples and shares those with us when he tells them this. He says to them, he says, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives, but do not let your heart be troubled. Do not be afraid. I'm giving you a peace that the world can't understand. There's something different about what I'm giving you. And the avenues that you may be searching for it won't get you there. Jesus is saying it's through me. A little bit later in that same conversation, Jesus says, I've told you these things, these things that are going to upset you, so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And you know what the best, best part about this message of peace is? It's not just for me. It's for the entire world. The angel's announcement didn't come to the elite. It came to the lowly. It was a message for everyone. Ordinary, everyday people. Because God's desire is for all of us to experience peace. There's no question that Christmas is about peace. And looking for peace, but looking in the right places. But it's important that we know where peace can truly be found. And that is in 